Yesterday I had a wedding down in Plymouth. Uh, one of our parishioners got married at what used to be St. John Provincial Seminary for, for 40 years, from 1948 to 1988. Uh, most of the priests of the state of Michigan, that's where they were formed and educated and prayed together. I was part of that group. Uh, I was ordained, uh, I studied there for four years, then was ordained a deacon in the chapel at St. John, June 4th, 1988. June 6th, 1988, they had the closing ceremonies and they closed the seminary. I don't think the two events were related. And then it was kind of a question of what was going to happen to this former seminary. And at first, it sounded like it was going to be all the buildings would be torn down. It was going to turn into a Tiger Stadium or a shopping center or something. And then Cardinal Maida came in and he says, No, we're not tearing this down. And they made it in the St. John's Youth and Family Center. And it was that for a while. And they started doing weddings in the chapel. Well, things have kind of shifted over the last 34 years. But one thing that's happened is it's, it's really become quite a place to get married. The grounds, they got all fixed up, and, and uh, they handle up to 160 weddings a year. And so what used to be our dining room is now this fancy ballroom, and then what used to be the gym is now another reception area, and the library is now a reception area. They, they have four wedding receptions going on at once, Okay. So while I was down there, I thought, I spent four years of my life here. I'm going to take a walk and look around. And so anything that wasn't, any door that wasn't locked or if there wasn't a sign that said don't go in, uh, I went in everything else from top to bottom. And uh, one place I went, it was down in the basement, and it must have been the area that uh, when you got that many receptions, you got a lot of servers, right? And they want to have the servers know what they're doing. Well, they had this big board with typed out instructions on how to serve. You know, how you, you serve from the right and you remove from the left. And they had the place Satan's arena just to have it exactly how it's supposed to do. And I was kind of intrigued by this. I thought, if I was a server... I would have all this about my job all spelled out right in front of me exactly what to do, okay? I was thinking about that with, I was at the seminary not to become a, um, a server at table, but rather to become a priest, and I went through four years of study, and, and I think they gave me a good formation, but once I went out to the parish, I discovered there's a lot I don't know. Most of what I don't know, all right? So you kind of learn on the way. And then I was thinking about this couple that got married yesterday and these 159 other couples getting married there this year. Uh, from what I understand, when you get married, they don't give you an instruction manual. And hopefully, through marriage preparation, we give couples a good foundation. Uh, but there's a lot that you kind of discover by doing. Well, that brings us to this feast that we celebrate today, the Ascension. And what's happening is it's now entering into a new era that Jesus is God who became one of us. 
Out of love for us, he became a human being. And then he suffered and died and rose from the dead. And now, with the ascension, he's going to be at the right hand of God in heaven. And so he's saying goodbye to his disciples. as uh, he's, he's going to be present to them, but in a new way. But now he's saying to them, you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of my life, suffering, death, and resurrection. And he says to them, stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And so what's happening is Jesus is commissioning his disciples back then, as well as today, to go forth, to be his witnesses. And it says uh, throughout the world. Uh, and how are we to be Jesus' witnesses? Well, to witness to that Jesus is God who became one of us, who suffered, died, and rose from the dead. And then what was Jesus' commandments to us? Love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Love our neighbors ourselves, right? And then two weeks ago, the way that we heard in the gospel, he expressed it, love one another as I have loved you. That's the bottom line, okay? And that's what, whether we are ordained to be a priest, or whether we are married, or whether we're serving at table, or whether we're single, or widowed, or divorced, each of us has this vocation, this vocation to love one another as I have loved you. That's the central vocation of being a Christian, a follower of Jesus. That can feel pretty daunting, okay? But that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. And that's the next feast we celebrate next Sunday with the Feast of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's where uh, some of our young people were just confirmed and celebrating that gift of the Holy Spirit they received at their confirmation. And I think a good practice for us between this Feast of Ascension and the Feast of Pentecost is to call on the Holy Spirit. And, and the, I'm going to invite you to take your songbook, and on the back cover of it, the bottom right corner, there is a prayer called, Come Holy Spirit. And I invite you to say with, that, with me today, Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who has instructed the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may have a right judgment in all things, and evermore rejoice in his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, I mentioned last week that our parish, we are privileged to have with us this past week the statue of Mary. And this statue was carved out of wood that came from Brazil. It was sent to Portugal where it was carved into this image of Mary. It was then blessed by the bishop at the shrine of Our Lady of Fatima in Portugal. The statue arrived to our diocese in 1977, 45 years ago. 
It was received by Bishop Pavish and the mayor of Lansing and a whole bunch of other people came to greet the statue. And it has since traveled to all different parishes in our diocese. Uh, it's even the Knights of Columbus always do their state conference uh, up on Mackinac Island, and they always do a rosary as a part of it. There's pictures of this statue at their state convention back 45 years ago. If you want to know more about the statue, there's a, a, a placard back in the back of church. You can read up about the statue. Uh, the thing I want to point out to you today is you notice the flowers in front of the statue. What kind of flowers? And boys and girls that were at our school masses. Yes, Mario. Sunflowers. Yes. And what do the sunflowers stand for? Yes. Ukraine. Exactly right. There's some other flowers. The white flowers. What do they stand for? Yes. Russia. Exactly. These flowers uh, represent for us the call that Pope Francis made to us on the Feast of the Annunciation on March 25th to consecrate Russia and Ukraine to Mary. Mary, we call the Queen of Peace, and we pray for peace in our world and in a particular way in Ukraine. We pray for an end to violence in our own country as well. And so... Uh, I, I'm going to encourage you now as part of, you can pray on your own, uh, but I, I want us to pray together a prayer for peace that St. Pope John Paul II composed. You can find that also on the back cover of your songbook right above the Holy Spirit prayer. Mary, Queen of Peace, save us all who have so much trust in you from wars, hatred, and oppression. Make us all learn to live in peace and educate ourselves for peace. Do what is demanded by justice and respect the rights of every person so that peace may be firmly established. Amen. <laughs>